Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Flippin' Bats. The offseason rolls on, and the winter meetings are currently ongoing in Nashville. Uh, I'm going to be joined today by a bunch of our Fox Sports MLB writers. We got Disha Thosar, Jake Mintz, Jordan Schusterman. They're all closely following uh, some individual teams. Disha with the Yankees, Jake following closely the Braves, Jordan the Cubs. All really interesting teams right now to be covering closely. All in on show hey maybe not so much the the yankees but the cubs the braves the yankees have a lot going on there with juan soto cody bellinger yamamoto so gonna talk to all three who are uh, currently at the hotel in in nashville at the winter meetings and uh gonna have a good conversation with all of them and kind of get to to know the lay of the land where's Shohei going to go, who's going to fall first, that sort of stuff. But this is going to be a lot of fun. The winter meetings are always fun. This year it's a little slower right now, probably because everybody's waiting on Shohei Otani to fall. So we will see. But a lot of good stuff to talk about, and uh, we're going to do that now. We'll start with Disha and uh, then get to Jake Mintz, Jordan Schusterman. So uh, without further ado, let's welcome in Disha Dosar. Five ball, onto the track, at the wall, it's gone! Home run! Turns on a ball, deep right field, and gone! What a game, what a moment. All right, and I am pumped to welcome back on the show, good friend of the pod, Disha Thosar. Disha, thank you so much for joining me from the winter meetings. Of course, thanks for having me on. Of course, so you you follow, as always, uh, the Yankees very closely, and they're a team that this offseason has had... uh, a lot of talking points, I'd say, and and one of those being Juan Soto. I feel like they're the big player, and and uh, it, it just seems like if there's a trade, it's going to be to the Yankees. Talk to me about Juan Soto and what's going on there with the Yankees and how likely a trade might be. Yeah, I mean, at this point, if the Yankees cannot figure out a way to trade for Juan Soto, that is their nightmare scenario. And I'm not even sure if the Yankees understand that because now we're hearing a lot of reports of, well, they might sign Yamamoto and and that'll help, but it really won't because everybody knows the offense was their biggest problem. So the Yankees are well aware that this is their main priority. Uh, They should not consider switching to backup options just yet. And right now they, they are very much the front runners, but we are seeing other teams like the blue Jays who, who could challenge that. So even if asking around over here, uh, those who know Juan Soto best have said, there's no doubt in their minds that he can handle a place like New York And that makes sense even for where the Yankees are at so that they can sort of check on Juan Soto before he uh, enters free agency and then they can consider signing him long term. So this just makes too much sense for the Yankees. Exactly. It seems like it does. And then all of a sudden we hear, well, you know, they're not willing to give up as much as maybe the Padres want or the Padres aren't satisfied with the deal. It got to the point, Disha, where they were exchanging names. How close do you think they got? I think they definitely got right to that three yard line, I would say finish line, but it finish line is like very much when already the players have been agreed to. And then we're just sort of going through 
medical checks and processes there. Uh, so right now, it really feels like there's just waiting on one or two names. The Yankees are super reluctant to give up Michael King, who they consider can be a big part of their rotation next season. Yeah. He did finish last year really strong. Uh, but again, that that's I think they should maybe just breach that a little slowly because Michael King had a strong season when the Yankees were already out of contention. Uh, so can he actually be strong when, when they're in contention? That's still nobody knows. So if it really comes down to Michael King is the deciding factor between yeah. Juan Soto, I think most fans would agree, just get Juan Soto any way that you can. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that as well. He's the perfect fit for the Yankees lineup. A big left-handed bat doesn't strike out a ton. It just feels like the perfect fit, and we'll see if they're able to pull it off. Another guy that would also kind of fit that mold, especially from from last year, a big left-handed bat that doesn't strike out much, much was putting the ball in play. And I know Cody Bellinger was maybe not that guy the few years prior. We saw strikeouts up, but he changed his approach completely last year. I think he'd be a great fit in that Yankees lineup. We have heard him mentioned a ton there as well. Uh, Cody Bellinger to the New York Yankees, how likely would that be? Yeah, they've again, the Yankees have been tied to Bellinger for almost a year now. They even at last year's trade deadline, there were um, some reports that he might come to New York before the Cubs were actually uh, playing better than the Yankees. So it took him out of that deal. Uh, but now still Bellinger makes a lot of sense with or without Juan Soto. Uh, they should still try to go for him. I think the holdup there is really just the asking price uh, because it is that the Yankees have doubts about whether or not he can be consistent long-term uh, yeah. if they do go for that sort of deal. And he is at this point in his career looking to land a long-term deal. So if the Yankees don't give it to him, somebody will. And again, if, if the Yankees miss out on someone like Bellinger, this could be something they're looking back on and regretting. So they, they really, this should be an off season for the Yankees, particularly after their disaster of a season last year to just go all in and sort of have that evil empire off season that everyone can talk about and hate on afterwards. <laughs> Specifically with, with the Yankees, but I guess other teams as well. At this point in his career, Bellinger's wanting a long-term deal. Put himself in position last year to make a good bit of money. But, Disha, how apprehensive are our teams to give him a long-term deal after what we've seen from his career so far? MVP caliber talent, then really low lows and, and not playing well at all. And then last year... You know, a different player than MVP Bellinger, but a, a very good baseball player. But for for one year, how apprehensive would teams be to give a long term deal when there do there do seem to be a lot of question marks? Yeah, and that's exactly it. There's a lot of apprehension, especially uh, sort of coming from the player's side himself. When I talked to Bellinger last summer and I sort of got to the meat of the issue, which is what changed? Why are you suddenly so good now? And even he didn't have an answer beyond, well, I started listening to my body and trusting myself. Well, that's not a whole lot that uh, teams in pursuit of Bellinger can go after. They want to know if he can work with the coaching staff, if yeah. there are problems here and there, they can tweak it and fix it. And those are sort of the the issues, at least when I spoke to him, where he was not super ready to agree to of course now it's different when you're putting millions on the table um, but it seems like that apprehension is at least in part coming from maybe the sense of pride from Bellinger from hey listen I'm an MVP just trust me here and that's not really how deals work you need to know that teams need to know that they're going to check off all the boxes and go through the process especially in a long-term deal the big uh, prized pitcher on the on the market this offseason is Yamamoto coming over from the NPB in Japan 
uh, a young top of the rotation arm. And it seems the Yankees are uh, one of the front runners for him. How realistic would it be for Yamamoto to end up with the New York Yankees? Yeah, I, I mean, definitely. And for now, my my view is that it's the two New York teams sort of battling it out between mm-hmm. for Yamamoto because we already know the Mets have a strong desire to, to just fill up that rotation. They definitely need uh, more high-end starters and that Yamamoto at 25 years old could be a really reliable, consistent spot in that rotation. But as far as the Yankees, Brian Cashman has been setting down that groundwork for months. He was at his nowhere in Japan. Um, there's a report that they're saving his number for him that he prefers. Um, so really at this point, it might just come down to money and really what Yamamoto prefers. If, if it's just a difference of a few million here, a dozen million there, he might still just go with the team that he thinks is the better fit. But right now, it sounds like the Yankees are definitely at the top of that conversation. What else are, are the Yankees looking to do this offseason in a perfect world? Because last year, as, as you mentioned, was a disaster. And we've continued to hear things from the front office that sound as, as an outsider, like we're fine. We're good. The year before was a great year. We were four games from the World Series. And then this was just a down year. We'll be OK. And I don't think that's what fans want to hear. I think they want to hear we're the New York Yankees. This was an unacceptable season. Uh, We should be a lot better than that. And we should do a lot. So where is the front office's mindset this off season and and what else are, are they looking to do? Yeah. And right now it really seems like there's a disparity at least between what the front office is putting out into public and what the fan base's expectations are like you alluded to. Uh, Even yesterday, uh, we had some snippets coming from the Yankees front office and saying that there are changes coming. And the follow-up was of course, big changes. Would we even know what these changes are? And they're sort of changes that we wouldn't be a big deal to fans, but they're a big deal within. And and again, yeah. that's not really going to satisfy a lot of needs. I think right now, especially fans are concerned about the Yankees' use of analytics, whether they are drowning themselves in information and it's actually hurting them more than helping them. And the Yankees haven't really put out anything otherwise uh, to say that they are relying on analytics too much or too little. Um, really, I think we just need sort of tangible differences. What it comes down to is, of course, the roster. Uh, Yankees fans have seen way too many injuries from the players. Um, I would like to see if they changed up processes, either coming from a directive from front office or coaching staff, or just what are they going to actually tangibly do to be better to be a better product on the field. And of course, that entire product, all of it goes into it, including the front office, including the lineup, including analytics. So it it has to be sort of a team cohesive effort. And I think that's what the Yankees now understand that they've been missing. Uh, So hopefully by next year, they can appease fans by sort of being cohesive again, at least in that effort. Yeah, this is not the uh, New York Yankees that I grew up watching, and and they don't go right. about things the same way. At least they haven't been. So we'll see what they do this offseason. Disha, it has been a rather sleepy winter meetings so far. So I'll ask you this. Who is going to be the first piece to fall? Free agent or trade? Is it Shohei, Yamamoto, Soto, Bellinger? The first big piece to fall. I do think it is everybody is waiting on Shohei Otani. Uh, even David Stearns yesterday, Mets president of baseball ops, said it is a, sl- a little slower right now at this point at the winter meetings than he's used to. And he believes it is because players like Otani at the top end of that free agent market have still not fallen. So I think everybody is waiting for 
Otani to decide. And once that happens, that'll clear up a lot of decisions for other teams on where to pivot to next. So I'll go with Otani first, uh, maybe Soto a, a close second. All right, perfect. Disha, thank you as always. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me on. All right, just wanted to thank Disha again for joining me. I've uh, been on the show quite a few times. Always love having her on. Uh, her insight with the Yankees, as we just talked about a lot, but also the Mets, both New York teams. She's really good on. Always check out her work on foxsports.com and, and the app as well. But uh, really good to hear the insight. She thinks Soto's going soon. Uh, a close second to Shohei, she said. So we will see. Next up, we're going to talk to Jake Mintz all about the Braves. They're very interesting offseason, I'd say. One of the teams in on Shohei, for sure. Um, we've heard a lot about the, the Braves landing Shohei. Is that a possibility? How likely might it be? Uh, Dylan Cease, another big conversation with the Braves. Uh, it, it appeared that they were getting closer and closer to trading for that rotation arm that they really need. And then lately we hear, well, they're there. They might be out on Cease, but then maybe they're still in. So uh, Jake is there in Nashville as well. Uh, so we'll see how likely is it that they could end up with Dylan Cease. And what else do they need? What are they going after? What are the Atlanta Braves going to do? We saw those trades earlier this offseason, trading away some starting pitching, clearing some space on their 40-man roster. What is the plan? We're going to talk to Jake about all that. So without further ado, let's welcome in Jake Mintz. All right, I am now joined by Jake Mintz, uh, live from the winter meetings as well. Jake, uh, what what's going on there in your opinion? How have the winter meetings been? I was there last year in San Diego, not there this year. So talk to me about what's going on there. So this year, nothing is going on <laughs> at all. It is the single most boring winter meetings that I have ever been to in my time. The winter meetings usually, right? is an excuse for all the people in the baseball industry to be in the same place and interact and develop contacts and learn from one another. And in the case of front offices, it's where they're all in the same place. And so they make a bunch of trades and their signings. But this year, for whatever reason, and we can get into why, I have some theories, there has been almost nothing besides the Jared Kelnick Braves Mariners trade on Sunday night. It has been a very sleepy couple of days here in Nashville. What are what are your theories? I think a lot of it has to do with Otani. Yeah. I think Otani is such a big domino that teams are waiting for that to fall yeah. to make a move. Because if you have any thought that you might get Shohei, you are waiting for the other things on your to-do list. Yeah. Right. So it's an example like the Cubs, right? The Cubs are are in the midst. And if the Cubs don't get him, they have to pivot and go sign Jordan Montgomery or something. That's not happening until Otani says yes or no to them, right? And just because of Otani's timeline, that's not happening here. He's not signing while we're in Nashville over the next couple of days. It's just not realistic. And so everyone else is in a holding pattern. Yeah. And the same thing on the offensive side is with Soto, right? Until Soto moves, then we will get a trickle of other things after that. On the pitching side, it's more like Yamamoto. Yeah. we know is meeting with teams next week. So until that happens, we're not getting things on the pitching side. Yeah. And so what it's created is a situation where only the teams that aren't in on those two guys because their budgets are smaller are the ones, like the Brewers are doing a lot of stuff, yeah. right? And so that's why we've been left with this dynamic. So you are, Jake, closely following along with the Braves and what they're doing this offseason. We talk all about Otani. 
Um, they are one of the teams on the short list that we've heard a good bit about. Uh, but then lately we hear they might not be as big of a player, but then you hear, okay, well, they're still in the mix. Otani to the Braves. How likely would you say that might be? They're a really interesting dark horse. The thing with Otani and any team is that we don't know. We don't know anything about any of his preferences. The only thing we know is like he met with the Blue Jays yesterday. Yeah. Right. That's it. And so like the Braves stuff is funny where it's, it goes, oh, the Braves have interest. It's like, well, I hope so. Like, <laughs> have you seen this guy? He's pretty good. Like, I hope you're interested in him. Um, there was a tweet from the MLB on Fox account yesterday that cracked me up where it was like the Braves lineup with Otani in it. Yeah. And I think it just said thoughts. And like, thoughts are, are that's <laughs> good. Like, it, like, it's not exactly like a contentious concept. You know what I mean? I that cracked me up. It was like, yeah, dude, like Otani in the Braves lineup, which is the <laughs> best lineup. They have, I think, the highest OPS plus ever. And then then it's like, okay, let's add the MVP. Yeah, that's yeah. horrifying. To think about. Is it likely? I don't know. Like the the Braves have a very set budget that they work with. We don't know yeah. what that is, but because they're owned by a media company and not by an owner who goes by the whims of wanting to win in a given year, it's a much more set dollar. Do they have enough room in their current payroll to fit Otani in? We don't know, but obviously they're interested. It's just like if Otani wants to play for the Braves, he would make it work, right? It's just how did the Braves find the cash flow? Yeah. So what is their – they're clearly – in you know they're not out on Otani by any means so that's also to your point holding them up a bit and making other moves if they don't get Otani and Shohei goes elsewhere what is their backup plan where do they shift their attention to the day Shohei signs with potentially another team so there are two big things on the Braves to-do list one is to get another starting pitcher so at present it's Freed, Strider, Charlie Morton, Bryce Elder and then kind of a mishmash of back-end guys A.J. smith Shaver is a top prospect is really interesting. Alex Anthopoulos, the president of Baseball Ops, said that another top prospect, Kirsten Waldrop, who is super interesting splitter guy out of the University of Florida, who's a first-round pick last year, he could see time in the bigs in 2024. That being said, they need another arm, especially because Freed is hitting free agency a year from now. And here's a good way to think about the Braves, right? If they haven't signed an extension, they're probably going to leave right? History has taught us this. And so (laughs) a year from now, they're going to have to fill another spot. And so I think it's likely that they add a notable starting pitcher at some point during this offseason. Now that could be through trade. It could be someone like Michael Waka, right? Fits in that kind of rotation in that role. On a higher end, it would be Jordan Montgomery. They're definitely in on the Yamamoto mix, but I think the Mets will outbid them for Yamamoto. Um, So that's one is the starting pitching stuff. And then the second is the bench. The Braves were so fortunate last year that none of their position players spent any time on the IL. And so the depth wasn't tested. And that was the 14-game gap between them and the Phillies. Those teams were not 14 games of quality apart. We saw that in October. Right. Just that the Braves stayed healthier and they had were more consistent. They need to kind of refurbish the depth a little bit with some veteran pieces, whether that's Tommy Pham on a one-year deal or a versatile position player like Whit Merrifield yeah. fits in that lineup pretty good. But finding some more depth options for them is the other big on the two. 
Back to the starting rotation for a second. Dylan Cease, we heard potential trade with the the Braves have had all the conversation about Dylan Cease. That's all we've heard this offseason. If he gets traded, Braves, Braves, Braves. Then as of recent as well, maybe not. The Braves might be out there. And then you tell me, Jake, is it is it Dylan Cease to the Braves? Is that a possibility? Is it not? Are they in? Are they out? Where do they stand? I, I think it's a possibility. It, I think the White Sox think they can get more elsewhere for Cease. Cease is super valuable, right, because he has two years left on his deal. So mm-hmm. if you trade for him, you don't lose him in free agency for another two seasons compared to Corbin Burns and Shane Bieber. There's just one year. So the White Sox can get more back for him, even though he's coming off kind of an average season. And the Braves' farm system, even though they've continued to develop dudes who get to the big league level and thrive, it's pretty barren. It's like a bottom five system. And so if you're the White Sox and you have Dylan Cease, you're trying to get a package from the Orioles, for instance, who have so many hitting prospects that you need yeah. instead of the Braves. Even if the Braves have a higher need, they don't have the same depth in farm system talent to trade from it. And so I think that's why it's taking like long enough, like the amount of time it's taken, because the White Sox are doing the due, due diligence to find a better deal yeah. than whatever the Braves could provide. Yep. Absolutely makes sense. And, you know, the Braves have been one of the more active teams, I would say, this offseason. Earlier on, you know, we see them making a bunch of trades and ended up trading away Kyle Wright and Michael Soroka earlier this offseason. I want to ask you about what what kind of their thought process was. I know they've been a little more quiet of late, but early on, making some trades, bringing in Bummer, but giving up a lot to do it. Kyle Wright led the league in wins two years ago. Soroka, we, we know his story really good when he came into the league. A lot of injuries to be dealt with, but just getting rid of those starters. What what were the Braves doing with those trades? So if I, I've never really celebrated Halloween, Ben, because mm-hmm. I'm usually covering the World Series. But there's nothing scarier. There's no scarier costume than a shoulder injury for mm-hmm. a pitcher, and that's what happened to Kyle Wright. Yeah. So the Kyle Wright that won 21 games, it's going to take a long time for him to get back to that if he ever does. And so I yeah. think the Braves. Are, we're afraid of that. The general strategy is clearing out the roster, right? Is giving themselves a lot of flexibility on the three-man to add more the depth that I was talking about before. Yeah. It looks weird to send six players or five players away for a lefty reliever, but the Braves are – I don't play fantasy football. Do you play fantasy football? I do. I do. do. You know, like I used to, but, like, if you have four decent wide receivers on your bench – you want to trade all four of those guys to someone else for like a starter, yeah. right? It's consolidation. And yeah. that's what the Braves were doing at the beginning of the offseason. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Jake, I'm going to need you to make some things happen there at the winter meetings. All right. Uh, yeah. You want me to like run through the halls and like tackle a GM or something? Yeah. Uh, maybe. yeah if you just... pay bail, if you pay bail, I got you. Perfect. Well, I Thanks, appreciate man. it, my friend, as always. Thanks for hopping on, buddy. All right, just wanted to thank Jake again for joining me. Jake is also a writer for MLB on Fox. You can find his work on the app and foxsports.com as well. But uh, always interesting stuff. Uh, interesting to hear about the Braves' mindset right now. It's It's been, it really has been a, a weird offseason for the Braves. You've heard them involved in everything, with everything big. But how likely is it that that anything happens We'll see. I I discussed yesterday on the episode, the Braves and a potential landing spot for Shohei Otani. It does make a lot of sense, but where are they at money-wise and are they able to land a guy like him? All of the other teams that seem to be at play, the Cubs, 
the Dodgers, the the Giants, the Blue Jays. It all seems like they have the money to go get Shohei. And it the Braves, there's just question marks there. But it does seem like a good landing spot. They are going to be winners for a long, long time. The Braves are going to be good for the next decade, at least. They have all that roster, that lineup set up and locked up for a long time to come. And Shohei would be a great piece in the middle of that. How likely is it? Time will tell. But a team that I think it might be a little more likely, and I said that yesterday, is the Chicago Cubs. And Jordan Schusterman talks all about the the Cubs, has been following them closely, a really good team to follow closely this offseason because they're one of the teams that has been more and more and more linked to Shohei. And there's a lot of other conversations around them as well. They got Craig Council earlier this offseason, the highest paid manager of all time. What else are they going to do? Even if they land Shohei, they have some serious question marks on that roster. They are close to winning. We saw it this year. They were close to a, a winning baseball team. But can they get over that hump? The roster is good. It's heading in the right direction. But there are still a lot of question marks, including that rotation that Shohei wouldn't help this year anyway. So what are they going to do there? Uh, Jordan's also a, a Mariners fan. So I have to ask about that trade of Jared Kelnick to the Braves and uh, how he's feeling as a Mariners fan, because it is uh, not good there right now. And there's a lot of question marks there as well. So let's welcome in another Fox Sports MLB writer, Jordan Schusterman. All right. And I am joined now by Jordan Schusterman, who is live from the winter meetings. Jordan, first off, how are the winter meetings? What's it like this year? I was there last year for a day. The yeah. hotel looks pretty sick. What are the winter meetings like this year? Yeah. So, you know, you remember from last year, you know, San Diego, the, the hotel is much more condensed. Mm-hmm. This is such a sprawling, absurd creation of you know american capitalism and resort culture that is is more chaotic and and much easier to get lost but also there's a lot more to look at so in that sense it's been it's been pretty fun so you are uh closely following along with a lot of what the cubs are doing this offseason so let's talk Mm -hmm. some cubs and uh naturally the biggest conversation of of all of free agency and the off season is shohei otani and one of the teams that he is most closely linked to is the Chicago Cubs. So Jordan, let's start with that one. Um, yeah. Shohei Otani to the Cubs. What are you hearing on that now? And how likely would you say that might be? Yeah, I, it seems like they've really put themselves in, in a pretty strong position. Um, I know a lot of the recent reporting has, has of course, we've been hearing about the Dodgers and hear about the Blue Jays, but I think knowing how aggressive, there has been a lot of buzz just since the offseason ended that the Cubs were we're really going to go strong for this again. Remember, they, they were very much in the mix back in 2017. Um, they were a finalist at that point. And while, you know, we don't know necessarily how close they were to making it happen then, like this is a time where they're clearly ready to push, 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 push. Now, the thing that I find most fascinating about their situation now is this is a, this is a roster that has a good number of holes, right? And, and you know, right. they had some success this year. They didn't really finish strong. And I think we're maybe underestimating how important it would be to land someone of, of a Shohei Otani's caliber. I know we kind of apply that logic to like team like the Giants, but I think the Cubs, like they, they really need this guy. And I'm really curious how they would pivot in the, in the case that they miss out. So the big signing already for the Cubs has been Craig Council coming over from the, their division rival, the, Bre- the Brewers, comes over the highest paid manager of all time now. So safe to assume, Jordan, that you go pay a manager that kind of money and switch him over from your inner division rival – if they don't land Shohei, they're they're going to go hard and they're going to keep pushing for these top free agents. Yeah, I would think so. Um, now, of course, there's, he is 
one of one in terms of a free agent. I, I don't got to tell you that, but you know, even if that means pursuing, uh, I know the the Juan Soto talks have really been focused more on on teams, also like Toronto, like New York, which makes sense. But again, like this this lineup could could use some boosts. You know, I think the pitching staff as well. I I would assume so. It seems there like yeah, well, if you're going to spend right. that much on a manager, at the same time, you could also argue, hey, you know, what if if they might think that Greg Council is going to help us? He's going to help us win games regardless of what our roster is going to look like. So maybe he is, you know, our biggest addition. I think that would be foolish, but I could also sort of understand that logic. Are they still in on Cody Bellinger or are the Cubs believers in PCA, P. Crow Armstrong out in center field and ready to go with him as their center fielder of the future? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, I've been surprised how many people are willing to say like, you know, I actually think that there is a chance that, that he could circle back. I, I can't imagine it's plan A. I mean, like you said, there's only that, if we assume they want to spend more money in free agency, even if it's not Shohei, there's only so many places to do that, especially yeah. on the offensive side. And Bellinger would seem to fit there. And Bellinger's market is, is maybe smaller than I think some teams or some people maybe expect. So in that sense, I can see them kind of circling back and deciding that he is still a really good fit there. But I have to imagine they'd rather roll with the kids. I mean, they have even more outfield depth coming, not just PCA. So I have to think that they would rather spend that money uh, on pitching yeah. Um, then, then try and uh, keep Cody for what could end up being a, a pretty, pretty large uh, contract. Yeah, we talk Shohei, and you mentioned even if they sign him, that there's holes on on this team, and there's holes on this roster. And uh, the clear, glaring one to me right now is their pitching rotation. I mean, they, if if the season started tomorrow, they'd struggle to have five starters in the rotation. Period. Um, so what are they doing? You know, you lose Marcus Stroman last year. You still have a top of the rotation type guy in Justin Steele. I love him. Um, but what is their plan? What are they going to do with the rotation? Even if they sign Otani, he ain't pitching next year. So what are they going to do, Jordan? I think that's where you, you think about a name like Eduardo Rodriguez, who was actually seen here in Nashville meeting with teams. And I'm not sure exactly the, the Cubs specific interest, but I think that if they can add multiple of maybe that second tier, you know, I maybe they do try and go out and, and go for a, for a Snell, you know, a Montgomery, but I think they need more than one, right? And so if you're looking for maybe more, you could go like an uh, Rodriguez and Giolito, you know, maybe that ends up being yeah. more efficient in a better way. And I also would fully expect them to be in the in the Yamamoto mix, um, especially yeah. if they miss out on Otani and aren't aren't going on big time there because that's one. I mean, I'm sure you talked about it and following the Yamamoto thing like he just fits with basically every team because he's so young and and he's he's uh he's just such a such an, a rare opportunity for teams to invest in a pitching at that age yeah the Cubs to me are one of the most interesting teams and in what they're going to do coming up in free agency obviously still linked to Shohei they sign a big manager they still have holes how aggressive are they going to be but Jordan enough on the Cubs I know you're a Mariners fan so one final question for you. I have to ask, if I were to present you a trade and you're the Mariners and I'm the Braves and I were to get Jared Kelnick, Marco Gonzalez and Evan White and you're going to get Cole Phillips and Jackson Coar, what are you saying and why in the world would anybody that's why would the Mariners accept this trade? Yeah, I mean, this is there there's a bigger picture here that that has to be has to be understood and there are trades that we now see, and this was true that the trade that they made with Arizona earlier this offseason with, with Eugenio Suarez is it's it's just simply not a baseball-specific trade. They decided to use Jared Kelnick as a vehicle to get off some salary that they were not particularly uh, fond of. And unfortunately, the for whatever reason, the their spending capabilities 
it seems like changed at some point between when the offseason started and where we are now. And that's a substitute the TV deal and, and all kinds of stuff. But because of that, they've looked at their situation. They say, if we're going to, if we want to improve and make this roster better, which they should have a lot of pressure to do, they had to move off some money to try and do that. Now, I don't think they wanted Jared Kelnick to be the one for, to, to make that happen. Yeah. And that's really disappointing. And I think that's why Mariners fans are rightfully upset. But there have to be more moves coming. And as for what those are, <laughs> unfortunately, for Mariners fans, they're going to have to be patient. Take your uh, your media hat off for a second and put your fan hat on for a second with the Mariners. How, where are you as a fan? Are you pissed off? Like, what, what's your what's your feeling as a Mariners fan? Yeah, I mean, I I like it's important for me to you know maintain the fandom, but also like I it's important to have the the analyst hat on because like I have to understand why they're doing these moves, and I do. Yeah, it is just frustrating when you are making the decision to really go down such a murky, mysterious road of what happens next. You know, it's not an obvious thing. You know, when it first happened, I'm like, oh, they have to have something lined up, something big, something like Juan Soto, something like that. But it, it's like the opposite of that. Like, it seems like they've opened up the opportunity to do a lot of different things, but it's so unclear what those are. And this offense needs so many additions now that like their ability to stick the landing on this offseason is going to be really challenging. So I'm, I'm trying to be patient too. I'm very curious and excited to see what happens next. But at the same time, like, that's a lot of pressure. And they've, they've put themselves in a very challenge. I, I think what, yeah. the way I described it on Twitter is a self-designed obstacle course. Yeah. And that is, that is not uh, a particularly fun place to be, I imagine, at this point in the offseason. Jordan, thank you so much for joining me, man. I really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the winter meetings. Go make some things happen, all right? Uh, it's on me. Uh, pressure's on. I will go try and uh, finally get some transactions to happen. Thank you, sir. Right. Always a pleasure. All right, and thanks again to Jordan for joining me. That does it for uh, all of our guests today. Disha, Jake, Jordan, wanted to thank them all for, for joining. Always appreciated. They're all live from the winter meetings and always a fun time of year. Was there last year down in San Diego. Didn't make the trip to, to Nashville this year, but uh, fun, to, fun to have them on there from the hotel or the complex or wherever they're at and see everything going on in the background. That's really what the winter meetings are. They are a massive networking event where... Usually a lot of trades and free agent pickups and all that stuff goes down, but there are some big time guys holding up the market. Shohei, Yamamoto, let's not forget Blake Snell's still out there. The guy just won his second Cy Young Award and there hasn't seemed to be a lot of Blake Snell conversation yet this offseason, but I think once those two pieces fall, specifically Shohei and Yamamoto, I think we'll start seeing everything happen don't forget there's a lot going on out there bellinger's out there jordan montgomery who was huge in the world series for the rangers is out there snell there's a lot that needs to happen and time for it to happen is getting less and less and less so once the floodgates do open they are going to open fast and and a lot will happen and we'll be covering it all right here on flipping bats make sure you stay tuned uh we have a couple episodes every week and we'll be updating you on every single thing that's happening currently it is the winter meeting so i wanted to thank those three again for joining me and thank you all for listening make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to your podcast apple spotify you can watch everything now on spotify which is great you can also watch everything on youtube at flipping bats pod on all social media to to see everything and to follow along so uh, that does it for this episode live with those three guests from the winter meetings thank you all for listening until next time this has been another episode of flipping bats